This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Australian Museum of Democracy. Curious kids, teachers and parents can learn more about Aussie democracy, civics and history by searching the Museum of Australian Democracy. Hello there and welcome to the sensational world of civics. I'm Bryce Corbett, host of Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast just for kids. Now, before you start rolling your eyes at the thought of a whole podcast about civics and democracy, total snooze fest, right? Stop and think about this for a moment. How our government works and the decisions it makes reaches into almost every part of our everyday lives. How and why you go to school, the sports you play, the roads you drive on, the hospitals you rely on, the kind of society you're going to grow up and live in. So, settle in as we explore the history of Australian democracy and pull apart how our system of government works. It'll be heaps more fun than it sounds, I promise. Today, we'll explore how Australia became a country, why a non-existent town between Sydney and Melbourne became our nation's capital, and the building of Parliament House. And to guide us on this journey, I'm delighted to welcome to the Squiz Kids hot seat, Stephanie Smith from the Museum of Australian Democracy in Canberra. Steph, welcome to Squiz Kids. Hello, everyone. Hello, Bryce. Shall we jump straight in? Let's go. How Australia became a country. Now, Steph, I think we're going to need to step into the Squiz Kids time machine to go back and understand how Australia actually became a country. So, what year should I set the dial to? Bryce, I think for this one, we need to go really far back in time. At least... 50,000 years. Whoa, okay. Why is that? Because Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have lived on these lands, practiced their traditional cultures and languages for a very long time. So we've come from these traditional backgrounds, but from the late 1700s, British colonies were established here in Australia. So we're talking about New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia. They were all separate colonies, weren't they? They were. And you know what, Bryce? All of these colonies had their own governments and laws. So they're essentially countries of their own. And what did that mean in practical terms? It meant that it made it really hard for people to easily move from one of these colonies to another. So things like the train lines had different tracks. So at the border, you'd have to get off and get on another train to be able to travel from New South Wales to Victoria. So obviously that would have been very confusing, different governments, different rules, different laws, different trains. So what did they decide to do? By the late 1800s, a lot more people had been born here. They were participating in sporting teams as Australians, like cricket. And so there was a growing sense of identity and wanting to become 
one. And so the decision was made then that the colonies should all join together and become one country. Well, there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of debate because each of these colonies wanted different things. But eventually, by 1900, the colonies had written the Australian Constitution. A constitution is essentially a set of rules about how we're governed. It tells us about what powers the federal government has, how the courts works, and our executive that work in federal parliament. So the constitution is basically like a rule book for the running of a country. Yes. And so we had to take our constitution all the way over to Britain to have it passed through the British Parliament. Ah, because we were a British colony still at that point, weren't we? We were. Now, it was passed and it was given royal assent on the 1st of January in 1901, we became the Commonwealth of Australia. Woohoo! It sounds like a good time for a party, doesn't it, Bryce? <laughs> it sounds like an excellent excuse for a party. And was there a party? Oh, there was many parties. There was a fantastic party in Sydney in Centennial Park where our first Governor-General, Lord Hopeton, was sworn in and our first Prime Minister, Edmund Barton, was also sworn in. Fantastic. Well, that explains how Australia formed into a country. But I guess then the next question was, where was that country going to be ruled from? Why Canberra? Now, this is a really good question that you bring up. It was written into the Constitution that the capital had to be at least 160 kilometres from Sydney and Melbourne. And was that because Sydney and Melbourne both wanted to be the capital of Australia and so they had to find a compromise? Oh, they sure did. There was lots of discussion, Bryce. It took us until 1909 to officially decide on Canberra as the place of our capital. And what was there in Canberra in 1909? There were lots of sheep. Lots of fields and lots of mountains. And one politician had proclaimed a belief that the cold climate helped the brain work better so that we could have a better decision-making process. Ah, so that's why the teachers leave the windows open during winter. It's all becoming clear now. And was there any other significance to Canberra? Yes, in fact, Bryce, you're right. The name Canberra means meeting place. It's a local Indigenous word. And so I think it's quite fitting that this is the place that they chose. All right, so the builders are headed 300 kilometres south of Sydney. But what exactly does a capital need? Building Parliament House. Well, a capital needs lots of things, including a Parliament House. And what's Parliament before we talk about Parliament House? Well, Parliament is where our federal politicians, they gather. So we have politicians that represent their electorate or states and territories. And the federal Parliament is where all of that rich debate and lawmaking happens. Right. So Parliament House was decided would be built. Yes. Now, it took us until 1913. I wonder if you know what significant event happened the year later in 1914. 1914, let me see. Of course, that was the beginning of the First World War. 
Absolutely right. So we didn't quite have the money that we wanted to spend on our parliament house. And so we created a provisional parliament house. That's old parliament house now. And so this building was only designed to be used for 50 years. So that building that you're sitting in right now and the Museum of Australian Democracy is now housed inside was the place where all the decisions were made about how to run the country for a long time. It absolutely is. So it took Bryce until 1927 to open Old Parliament House. When we opened, Parliament sat here for 61 years, but... I need to tell you about the opening ceremony of this building. It was such a special occasion. Was it a party? I do like a party. We are always up for a good celebration. Our building was opened by the Duke of York. La-di-da. We also had lots of state premiers, judges, bishops and plenty of members of the public. But Canberra was just paddocks full of sheep. Where are all these people staying? Well, Bryce, they were camping or staying in their cars. I suppose that shows how enthusiastic people were about the fact that we had our own parliament. It was an important step for us as a young country. Absolutely. It was such a significant moment in our story. But Bryce, can we talk about the food that they ate on the day? Please. You know I love talking about food, Steph. The official party that was in attendance for this grand event enjoyed a lunch of mock turtle soup, poached salmon, Canberra pudding and some fruit punch. How very fancy. You could keep the turtle soup though. I'm not so interested in that. Well, you know what? I think we might have been more excited by what the crowd outside was eating. They got sergeant meat pies and scones. (laughs) So tasty. Oh, much better. And very Australian. But you know what? They overcated, Bryce. Oh, too many pies. Too many meat pies. And some of the food ended up in our local tip. Uh-oh. I love the idea that there are thousands of meat pies or the remnants of them buried somewhere in a tip nearby that speak to the foundation of our country. How fitting. And so that building that you're sitting in right now in the original Parliament House ended up being used for about 61 years. But by the 1980s, it was starting to get a little bit crowded in there, wasn't it? Oh, it was very crowded. And so when they started here in 1927, we only had 300 people working in our little building. But by the time they left in 1988, there were 3,000 people crammed into our tiny building. It was so cramped that they created offices in the roof spaces that... You know, when they had to get places quickly, Bryce, they'd climb out windows and run across the roof so they could get there quicker. So it was time to build ourselves a new parliament house. So by the 80s, we had enough money to be able to build Australian Parliament House up on the hill behind us. And you will know it because it has the pointy flag on the top of it. And what's special about Australian Parliament House is that it very much represents Australian values. So if you ever compare, see a lot of British traditions in Old Parliament House, you'll see a lot more Australian shades of colour and in the materials that have been used. Of course, once you have a building, you need to fill it. A quick message now from our partner, the Australian Museum of Democracy. Civics is a big topic. There's way more to explore than can fit into this small episode. 
If you want to learn more, you can visit their website. They've got lots of classroom activities on Aussie history and government and media, as well as tons of information to support young changemakers like you. Better yet, visit them in person at the place it all began, Old Parliament House in Canberra. Just search the Museum of Australian Democracy. Coming up... In the next episode, Amanda will be learning how we vote for Members of Parliament, what they do when they're in Canberra, and why, when we talk about parties, it's unfortunately got nothing to do with fairy bread and balloons. And Steph, I'll see you again in episode four. I can't wait, Bryce. Me neither. But in the meantime, get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. Over and out.